This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. It's OBEHAVE with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rintin, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, our special guest today has created a sea creature that arguably makes Jaws seem like a little minnow. All you megheads, you know who I'm talking about. He is an international best-selling author. He is the creator of Sea Monster Cove. And yeah, he's here today to unleash word about his latest blockbuster movie, Meg 2, The Trench. Please welcome to the show. He's creative. He's resilient. I hope he knows how to swim. We're talking, of course, about Steve Alton. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you, Lynn. And I have dogs. Yeah, we want the dogs. Come on, bring them up first, because this is a great show with people listening all over the world. But first, we got to take this commercial break. So... We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Kitty Poo Club reinvented the litter box. No more scrubbing that stinky plastic tray. Or worrying, oh my God, do my guests smell that? No cleaning, no scrubbing, no more stink. You are going to love it. Your cats are going to love it. Go to kittypooclub.com, and when you order, save 30% on your first auto ship. Visit kittypooclub.com, use code MEOW30 at checkout, and join the club, the Kitty Poo Club. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is Steve Alton. Hey, I just wanted you to know, Steve, about a week ago, I was in the movie theater and I was uh, watching the new Mission Impossible movie. And there was a trailer for Meg 2, The Trench. So seeing a 70-foot prehistoric shark on the big screen, I got to tell you, man, I spilled my popcorn and I dribbled my Diet Coke, but it was all worth it. You had me at... Well, that T-Rex, he was the first scene in my first book, Meg. That was straight not- out of the first chapter. There's so much to cover, but I want to get everybody to know that August 4th is when Meg 2, The Trench, is coming out. How do you feel? The last time you did pretty good, 2018, your movie was number one. Tell us about this one. About the movie, I feel pretty good. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you haven't? Oh, no. They don't show it to me till the premiere, and the premiere is in London, so I won't be going there. But uh, I'll see it next week when the movie comes out. I love the cast. You want to talk about some of the folks that are starring in this movie, including uh, Jason Stratham. Statham. Jason Statham is, was my first choice for to play. He was? Uh, 
he was to play Jonas Taylor. But uh, the rest of the cast, you've got the, the number one Chinese actor, action hero who's in the cast. It's amazing, my producer tells me. And so just between those two, it's, it's a great cast, but they've got a lot of others, a lot of experience, great, great cast. There's a part in the trailer where Jason's character is putting his boot on the nose of the Megalodon. I mean, what'd you think of that? You've seen the trailer. Uh, that you won't find in a novel. Maybe the movie. No. No, in the novel, characters who do that get their leg bit off. That's true. That's true. You jokingly said with Meg to the trench, no Megalodons were harmed in the making of the movie. That was quite serious. Excuse me. That was just to let the world know. We No Megs were hurt. No sharks were hurt. A couple lizards, but we could spare them. So you were talking about Jason Statham, but also Jing Wu. That's the character you were talking about, who's a pretty top Asian star. And then Cliff Curtis, right? Yeah. So you grew up liking Peter Benchley and the Jaws, the book and the movie. How would you compare your Meg to Jaws? Well, book or, or just the character? Both. Yeah, the character, and then we'll go into the writing. Jaws is about a great white shark, and, and Megalodon being Megalodon, Jaws would just be a snack. Oh, you can't really compare the two. As far as okay. the books, I love Jaws, but part I love about it was that you know, I remember the opening chapter where the shark is circling underwater, and that was scary. And then, it, you know, when I sat down to write Mega, my th first thought was, give them plenty of action, because there Good. just wasn't enough action in Jaws for me. I wanted, give me more shark, you know, it's like, a, give me more cowbell, give me more shark. I'd have that cowbell. Yeah, I like cowbells. Cowbells are good. The big series is filled with action. You know, I go from an A, B, an a story to a B story and entwine them, and both of them are having action at the same time. You said your bio a little bit. You went from the crap house to the penthouse and back. I mean, as an author, as someone who's very, very creative, you've had some major ups and downs, right? Major, major ups and downs. I'm still going through a major up and down right now. Really? You want to talk about that? Because I was going to talk about it a little bit later, but we can get into the medical issue, or do you want to talk about that later? Whatever you want. You should. Okay. Well, no, it's, you're my guest. What I like is that you had a medical doctor that made a huge difference with you, and we can talk about GC if you want, gone cancer. I think that's appropriate. Uh, what's going on with you? And I know you have Parkinson's, but uh, what's going on with you right now? Well, let's see. Where do I begin? Uh, from least to most, uh, my sciatic is killing me. I've had Parkinson's cause a problem. Parkinson's tense, tenses my muscles up. So when I go to sleep, right. I wake up after two hours and my muscles are very tight. Well, this latest thing that's been happening is last six months, the tendons in my hip that connect my hip to my leg when I wake up, it feels like someone shot me in the hip. And the first wow. time I went down hard, but since then it's a struggle to just stretch out the hamstring and get under control before the pain kills me. But that's been going on for six months. And other than the Parkinson's and a touch of cancer that I got to deal with. And uh, oh yeah, I've got a hernia from the hip situation. So my schedule is gradually interviews mixed with surgery. Okay. Well, tell us about GoneCancer.com, because I want people to check it out and do what they can to help others. GoneCancer.com is a site where I basically, the doctor who was treating me for part, he was, he was a, had a, a natural treatment for Parkinson's that basically enabled me to function at, at a normal pace. He passed away a couple of years ago, but he also had a cancer formula that allowed the P53 gene, which is the cell's natural cancer killer, to be revived, to be uh, resuscitated. Because as we wow. get older, they tend to wear out. 
or as we get exposed to more carcinogens in the environment, they, they can be actually flipped over to and help the cancer. He discovered a way to recharge it. And so that's all that information is there at gonecancer.com. Well, I wish you the best of health. And we want folks to check out gonecancer.com. We also want them to fill the seats of movie theaters because this is your new blockbuster. How long has it taken you to make Meg 2 the Trench? as a movie. And I know it isn't something simple. It's never A to B to C. There's always hiccups, right? Always hiccups. My first, this is actually the third movie deal we've had. The first deal was sold before the book was even published. And that was the Hollywood Pictures. My agent had a first book deal with them. He sold it to Hollywood Pictures in 1996. And uh, unfortunately, they had some shakeups at the studios. And two years later, we got the rights back. And then it was sold to New Line Cinema in 2005. And they had a lot of lousy scripts and a, a lot of what we call Michigas going on in the studio. And so the rights came back to me two years later. So now we were over two. And in Hollywood, when you get turned down twice, when you get put back in reset, musician, that's not a good sign. But I took the project to my friend, producer Belle Avery, who loved Meg. And she also had option to lock from me. And so she decided to go out there. And what her forte was raising money independently. So you don't have to deal with the studios. And uh, she took her eight years to get it done, but she, boy, she got it done big time. What do you think about her? I mean, she was your guardian angel, right? Still is. I want to speed back in time when you were, you were young, a young husband. And what were you doing when you said, I think I want to write a book. I want to be a, an author. And tell us a little bit about your 1971 Malibu convertible, because that was something you really prized. Well, the way they're related is that, you know, I had grown up, like we talked about uh, reading Jaws. And once I became a Jaws fan, I became a great white shark fan. And that led me to reading about all the real life shark attack stories. And there was always a little black and white photo accompanied them with a picture of a giant jaw with six nerdy looking scientists sitting there. So, yeah. but that was about the extent that anyone had ever written about Megalodon. So flash forward 20 years later, I'm 35, struggling as always. And uh, I get a Time magazine in the mail with a front cover in 1995, August issue of an anglerfish. And the article talked about hydrothermal vents and the Mariana Trench. I read that and I was fascinated by it. I thought, wouldn't it be cool if that giant shark lived down there? That it escaped fiction? So I went to the library because back in 95, August of 95, there was no internet. And I did as much research as I could. And I came to the conclusion that it was feasible. Because Megalodon didn't die off like the dinosaurs did. It uh, only came around about 30 million years ago, the Miocene, and may have only died recently, if, it, if not still out there. So that gave me the plausibility I was looking for to write the book. And this was my first novel. Where is the Mariana Trench? It's in the northern Pacific Ocean, northwest Pacific Ocean. The um, Mariana Islands, which includes Guam, sort of formed like an archipelago. And all trenches have archipelagos where they birth these volcanic islands. So you said that, I love this comparison, that Jaws would just be a snack for a megalodon. In this movie, what is the message you're giving? Because there are real shark attacks lately. We are in global warming. More of the sea creatures are coming closer to shore a little bit. You're an author, you say, of faction, fiction and facts. And so can you, can you tell us, explain that and explain what your message is for this movie? Well, I haven't seen the movie, so I can't. my message is go see it because so, i need the money that's a good honest comment yeah i like that yeah but you'll have fun too i'm sure but the, the movies and the books are always a little different the books the characters t- 
tend to take things a little more seriously. The movies, it's for, more for fun and spectacle. But uh, at the same time, these movies do follow my scripts pretty good. You know, the first one was great. And I'm sure the second one's going to be even better. As far as the tone, as far as a, you were looking for a message, when it comes to sharks, the message is don't kill them. We need them. Okay. The, the ocean will not be healthy without them. And besides, you know, they're not out to kill man. They're, they've got their own diet. And we're not on it. You know, if you swim in shark-infested waters, you're going to get bitten. So don't swim in shark-infested waters. Okay. Duh. I'll try not to do that. Instead, go down in the cage. As my 99-year-old friend Flo Fromm would say, don't be dumber than batshit. Is that what you're saying, Steve? <laughs> Pretty much. Tell us about Sea Monster Cove, Steve. What's that all about? Sea Monster Cove was my desire to write a uh, TV show about... Uh, I had an idea about uh, ancient sharks, again and sea creatures, but it was totally unique from Meg, totally different. And I decided that I don't want to just write, first of all, I'm not going to write another novel series because I just finished Meg at that point. What I'm going to do is try a TV show, but as we started trying to get it developed, I realized I also want to see these creatures for myself. I mean, yeah. You know, so if we could create some 3D magic so that I could see them and you could see them, that'd be a nice place to go. And so that's where we created a, a, a multi-level, a multifaceted uh, website interactive where you can go there and look at the creatures you could uh, play the video games we've created use the library where we have uh, visually enhanced versions of my novels which makes it easier for readers who are reluctant readers or vision problems as well dyslexia I to say dyslexia yeah i love it i mean you seem to be a knitter i don't know if every anybody ever called you a knitter how have you first. mastered putting things together books movies video games, and so on. That's an art. I do the best I can. I'm not sure, you know, because no one else is going to do it for me. So, you know, you, when you're a, a knitter, I guess, you know, you take chances, but there's always a risk. But that's where the, you know, if you want fruit from the tree, you got to cry out in the limit if you want to get it. So if you want to eat the fruit, you got to take a risk. And I, you, You've been taking risks. According to my wife, I take way too many of them. Now, seriously, do you swim? Do you scuba? Do you snorkel? What's what? What is Steve Alton like in the ocean? Like a lead weight? I don't know. Before the Parkinson's, I was, you know, I was a very good athlete, all-around athlete. Okay. Swimming was one of my strong points of uh, basketball, football. But um, you know, Parkinson's kind of puts a lead jacket on all those things. So yeah. you're not going to find me in the cage looking at great whites. You know, I don't want to tempt the uh, gods that. You know, the front page of the next day's newspaper. Meg author drowns in, in, in... No, no, no. We don't want that. Know, no, no. Gates diving. You know, sharks hysterical that he couldn't use. Whatever. This show is not about writing those kinds of obituaries. It's about bringing out the best in our guest. One thing I wanted to ask you about is you like to give back. Can you talk a little bit about adoptanauthor.com? Because there's a whole generation of folks that want maybe to be in some small way another Steve Alton. Adopt an Author happened because when Meg first came out in 1997, and more or less the paperback the following year, I became inundated with email from students, teenagers, who were all telling me the same thing. I hate reading, but I love your book. Or Meg's the okay. first book I actually finished. Now, and then the teachers started emailing me, telling me the same thing, that they tell me success stories like they were mind-boggling, you know. The football player comes in and says, where are we going to read that book again? That just doesn't happen usually in school. And, you know, I didn't know for a long time. I assumed that it was because of the subject matter. The book was so popular in, in school. 
It turns out the science teachers pulled me aside and said, no, we tested the book. In fact, we tested it against yeah. other books and other shark stories, elder megalodon stories. The students wouldn't get past the first couple pages. He said, the reason that your books work is because you write very visually. And visual writing is, helps them to see things and helps them to get through the story. That's why your books are so popular. So I didn't know that. So I learned something from it. Well, that's why you're a factional writer, right? I love that term, factional writer. It's better than a knitter, right? A little bit better. But Adopted Author was a nonprofit I set up to aid the teachers who wanted to add the book to their curriculum. So we got all the teachers to pull their curriculum together. We put it all on the website for free so that they could take what they need, that they could also involve me in in the curriculum as well. Students can email me and I email back. And then once in a while, we'd set up a... You know, when they were done reading the book, we'd set up an in-class conference call on a speakerphone, and then they could interview me by speakerphone and stuff. I love that. Thank you for doing that. One thing, a little bit of trivia, I know you've written a lot of books, but can you tell us about the one dog book you wrote that stars Jacob Cope and Dr. Nancy Beach under your pseudonym? Oh, boy. Yeah, that your audiences would definitely love that one. That's Dog Training the American Male, written by L.A. Knight, which is uh, an honor to my late father, Lawrence Alton, L.A., and he was our, our shining knight in armor. But that's a comedy about a woman who's a talk show host, sort of like you, who giving out relationship advice, but none of her relationships work, so none of her advice works. And then she moves in with a, a guy because they're, they're, you know, they wanted, the brother's guy wanted to get him out of the house already. And uh, the girlfriend's sister says, listen, my sister's not easy to take care of. If she starts throwing her usual episodes, go buy her a little white fluffy dog, she'll be fine. So the guy, you know, they have problems, and what does he do? He goes down to the pound and comes back with a 120-pound German Shepherd. Of course he does, yeah. And you can imagine what happens from there. But then the woman gets training lessons for the dog and realizes that the training advice can work on her boyfriend. And there you have it, dog training the American male. I love it. I love it. So we know that Steve Alton is about to unleash Meg to the trench. We know that he's helping out the next generation of authors with Adopt an Author. He's got C Monster Cove, but this is a biggie, especially for all you Meg heads. Steve, we can't have you off the show without talking about a big thing on your plate, and that is Meg Legacy. Talk about this seven-volume collector's edition set. I know all the Meg heads are, are knowing all about it, but share it with the rest. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been writing the books for 26 years now. Uh, there are seven novels in the Meg Collection series. The seventh one is still being written, but Meg Legacy is the first time I've ever been able to, you know, my readers have been asking me for years, can you put out a, a finished book set that we can get? Because it's so hard to get the hardback sometimes. They sell out and you can't get them anymore. None of them even look alike. Can you put together, you know, matching set? And, well, it was not easy to do. It took me years to get the rights to do that. And we're only about to print. 5,000 sets for the whole world. 5,000. That's it? 5,000. Wow. Okay. But they're they're nice. They're wrapped in faux leather. Faux being the fake leather, but the good fake yes. leather. Because we don't kill anything. No animals were harmed in the making no of No animals were harmed in the collection. making of the make legacy. It's correct. But it's got more than the novels. And it's got my bio, every novel, the, the parallels of the things that happened when I got these particular book deals or ups and downs that we talked about. It's got short stories that fill in the gaps between the novels called Angel of Death uh, novellas that I put in there to keep the road smooth and, and like a super highway instead of up and down, up and down. Uh, there's amazing images in there. There's tons of extras and the graphic novels that they divided up into six comics. But in order to get it, you just have to go to MegLegacy.com, 
three amazing colors. And uh, I guarantee you this. I said this one other time when I did the same thing for Meg Generations. We printed 4,400 copies of Meg Generations. Now you can't buy them because no one is willing to sell them. But if you do get somebody who sells it for under $500, that's the price for a $28 book. So wow. 5,000, think about this, 5,000 book sets, and this is all there ever will be for the planet who's about to go see Meg to the trench. So if you, if, you, if you get in there now, grab it as many as you can. You'll be able to resell them for three times as much. I love it. I love it. We're going to take a quick break. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Kitty Poo Club reinvented the litter box. No more scrubbing that stinky plastic tray or worrying. Oh, my God. Do my guests smell that? Kitty Poo Club has solved the stink. And now the worst part of cat ownership is hassle-free. No cleaning, no scrubbing, no more stink. And the best thing is you don't have to buy some oversized contraption that will break down. Kitty Poo Club litter boxes are manufactured to make your life easier. You have one cat? Easy peasy. A small mountain lion? No problem. You are going to love it. Your cats are going to love it. Believe me, there are good reasons why we sold over 3 million boxes. Go to kittypooclub.com, read the amazing reviews, and when you order, save 30% on your first auto ship. Visit kittypooclub.com, use code MEOW30 at checkout, and join the club, the Kitty Poo Club. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, I'm Dean Koontz, and you're listening to Oh Behave with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Oh Behave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Oh Behave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is Steve Alton. And I love that you also love dogs. What's something a dog has taught you to make you a better Steve Alton? Oh, boy. What have my dogs taught me? They taught me to, when they want water, make sure that water bowl is filled. When they want love, give them love. And they taught me, you know, I haven't learned it quite yet, but love should never be conditional. Dogs are unconditional love. Well said. Well said. We're speaking with author. I don't know what to call you. You've got every title. You call me a knitter. Call you what? You called me a knitter. Oh, I called you a knitter. I probably am the only person I ever called you a knitter because you know how to stitch things together. Seriously, that's an art. I'll take you for your word. Hey, everybody, please catch the movie Meg to the Trench. Get your paws on Meg Legacy, the uh, collector's edition. Check out C Monster Cove and be nice to your dogs. How's that for a parting message, Steve Alton? Uh, just at cmonstercove.com cmonstercove.com yes we got it all in there we got it all in there thank you so much for not being on your show it's really a treat and you know I, I am a big dog owner I'm a big pet owner so this is a privilege I can tell that and you are on our longest running pet podcast on the planet when we started doing it with Skype so Mark my producer and I we've been through a lot and uh, so I really it was so honored that you could be on our show 
Hey, everybody, that's it for our show today. At this time, I want to thank our guest, Steve Alton, a man who does many, many things. Please check out his movie and everything else. I want to give a shout out to my producer, Mark Winter. He is the executive producer of Pet Life Radio, the largest radio network on the planet. And until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. All behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.